The following program was produced by Community Producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the Community Producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Hello and welcome to Malden 02148. I'm your guest host this evening, Ed Lucy. And I have as my guest the city clerk here in Malden, Gregory Lucy. Who, as a disclaimer, he is related to me. <laughs> How you doing? All right. As a matter of fact, before we get into the, the, the meat of the meeting here, um, I, I mentioned the last time you were my guest that, that the, uh, the title given to the office that you hold in the city government is not in fairness to the terms of what the job's responsibilities are. So I was thinking about it. I thought well, maybe the the city, city council or the mayor's office might revamp the title of the job to be something like Director of Statistical Information, which sounds a little bit more tuned into what you, some of the things you encompass in, in that position. You know, it's funny you say that, and I was thinking of you this morning because part of what we're doing this election cycle is we're outreaching to the different buildings, the um, senior buildings. So, you know, especially with the uh, the Asian population and, um, you know, just to make sure people, are, you know, any questions with voting, more more personal touch. And I was at a at the senior center this morning, and there was a gentleman there, spoke just Chinese, and so I have I have an interpreter that comes with me, NSA, in my office, and um, she's great because so she translates everything, and so we were going over. So they actually translated my name and title on a poster into uh, Cantonese. And so when she was trying to explain the um, my name and what you know what I do to this gentleman, he was saying that the title, he, I look like a boss and dress like a boss, but he's saying the title doesn't, it says clerk in it. So he, he thought that was like in China. That would be more like of a, a beginning. Puts the files a in the big, file a beginning cabinet. entry. So I, I was thinking about you because there was this long conversation, you know, going back and forth with him about what the title is, and uh, but he mentioned that that why does it say clerk if you're the boss? That's a valid point, and and and, and as if you extend that along, um, sometimes in people not familiar with the workings of government. Uh, if uh, they did meet the person holding the position and heard the title description, that they might feel that that diminishes the importance of what the person is saying mm. because there's only someone that's a routine and entry-level employee. Yeah, and so it was funny. So we, this person, we actually registered to vote. And Anna um, Say, who, like I say, was with me, she is young-looking, although she's not as young as she looks. And um, so he wouldn't let her explain to how to register to vote he wanted to hear it from me oh. because to me he was just a kid and so in that culture yeah. he, he looked at honor and he just thought maybe she was kind of young too he was 80 years old he told me his birthday was today so it was an interesting conversation and it also might be a, a reflection on the fact that uh, at his age to be instructed by a young person well, is right. not used to that. And his big thing was communism. So he, you know, he probably had bad, probably he would have had bad experiences in China, and you know, his his whole thing was uh, he, he said a lot of you know things about communist no good, communist no good, and then of course he wanted to know what party I was on, but we have to p p stay completely neutral, and try to just explain that to him. Well, we can't really, you know. We can't, you know, I can't get involved. We can't tell you, you know, who to vote for or what party I'm, because I might have still said the wrong party. I don't, so we didn't really get into that. But it was an interesting conversation. I think that's how, what the importance is you're reaching out to the to the public. And sometimes, uh, you, you know, we didn't get a whole lot of people down there. But, you know, you talk to six or eight people, and it's more personal. And with Anna, she's able to speak in their language, and it, it just goes a long way with, when it's that more personal touch. 
Well, it certainly make a difference if uh, if you were trying to explain the voting process to someone who has limited English knowledge, and uh, you you would have no knowledge of their of their language, so hmm. it would be not a very productive probably meeting. This way here, like you said, the, 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 there's a meeting of the mind in terms of what is being said and what's being asked. So Great. The um, the election in September. Um, did you have some complications because of the changes or some of the things that maybe came? Uh, uh, and uh, as much as you try to anticipate what's going to be done, there were changes within the city of the voting precincts and the numbers uh, of the precinct numbers, and there was an enlargement of uh, precincts in the in for the election because of the increase in population. So, did you have some? Uh, some complications that uh, you didn't anticipate, or that were. Uh it's a lot harder. So when you when you go from sixteen precincts, like we did, to twenty seven precincts, which we had to do, and it's because I know I've been on the show before, and we've explained as much as we can that before when Marlin had eight wards, two precincts, each each precinct can't be more than four thousand people. So if you do eight times two times four thousand. It's 64,000 people. So as long as you don't go over that threshold, you can st keep everything as is. This past census, we went up to 66,000, a little bit over 66,000 people. So all of a sudden, that throws out the 8 times 2. So we, we went to originally 8 times 3. We we're going to put three precincts in eight wards and just divide the, uh, the numbers as much as we can because they, they have to be fairly equally distributed. So the precincts were less, but then the reps uh, came out with we couldn't change their districts. So with the three rep districts, we had to create three more districts. So we, we ended up with 27 precincts. So the logistics of it is on election day, and, and people, if they knew the work involved in the uh, putting an election on, they'd be amazed. And so just going from 16 precincts to 27 precincts, it just it's not just the poll workers more you had to get. It's just the twenty, you know, the eleven more setups. You have to find eleven more places to vote. Although we put them in, basically, besides the Moose, which was the only new polling location we had, we made BB three instead of three precincts, four precincts, a ferryway instead of three precincts, four precincts, Forestdale instead of one precinct, three precincts. So we kept them in the same locations, but you're keeping them, you know, you can, you can keep it in the same location, but it, it gets more. Difficult. So there was a problem at BB, which was probably the biggest thing that we realized the day of. We had the voting upstairs in the gym and up in the third floor in in the uh, cafeteria, or vice versa. The gym's gym must be up on the third floor, but that didn't really work out that well, and it was confusing because now there's four precincts. It's not a lot more people, but it's four more different polling locations with people coming in, and it was confusing in the lobby, and we understood that. So uh, right after the election, I went up to BB and talked to the principal and the head custodian up there, and what we're doing, we're bringing everything down to the first floor. There's two rooms down there that we usually use. We're going to have both voting locations. There'll be two precincts in one of the locations, two precincts in the other location, but all four uh, voting lo locations at the BB will be back on the first floor. And we have better signage going up. So, you know, we understood it was the first time with all those precincts, and it was confusing to people in some places. So, You mentioned the vote of the uh, State House to uh, retain the districts that I currently have. Uh, 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 that's kind of an example of how the politicians sometimes convenience themselves instead of convenience the public, because obviously every 10 years when you have to do a national census, it has an impact to some degree on not only at the local level, but obviously some states may gain or lose uh, representation in Congress because of the change in the population total. And uh, it's interesting that with some states now are in the court system because of the way they carved up its congressional districts. But e even here in Massachusetts, we're, uh, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, automatically if you're a Democrat you're gonna, and an incumbent, you're going to get reelected, but they still wanted to retain the same districts so they wouldn't, they wouldn't have to inconvenience themselves. So one person gets... Uh, I guess you might, might say at best 160 people got convenience and hundreds of others didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but also the, the 11 additional precincts people need to realize is just the setups for each precinct. I mean, we have, those, we have those traveling boxes that have all sorts of things in there, pencils, rulers, books, voting lists, and new machines. And so there's actually uh, 
that probably took about five or six hours just getting the, all those the, the, the supply boxes and the, the, the machine that goes on the computer and the other items that has to go to each polling location. We used the council chambers and worked over the weekend so that when the police come on election day, we had one 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 you know one two one three two one two two all that so i mean that that's set up so just just the idea of, of setting up 11 more precincts it was, was a lot of work so what we're doing now is we're actually starting to put those travel boxes together just so we're not spending all that weekend you know doing that because we'll, we'll have other things we need to do yeah. um it, it, the, as a rule as a uh, part of the the, um, the regulations i guess it's uh, maybe it's even a law uh, you have a policeman on site at a voting precinct. So when you have a multiple precincts uh, in one location, do you have to have more than one policeman? No, and we, we the city council needs, that's one of the things every election the city council has to vote on certain things. When we presented that before the city council this, this year, uh, we realized that, I, that they probably couldn't fill 27 details anyways because at the time they had the MBTA shut down. They had 13 or 14 police they were supposed to have on that. You have police work and you have, you know, for a whole other details around. So when we presented it to the city council, we presented it as at least one officer per polling location. Yeah. So so in the, there, was, there was many locations, those multiple locations, they, they didn't have four yeah. officers at the ferry way or four yeah. officers at the yeah. BB. You know, not not more than I don't think, but but uh, overall, uh, almost every election is horror stories about incidents that occur in 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 uh, voting precincts. Maybe depending on where the state, may, may where the location. It, um, in in the past election, especially where it was a primary, there was uh, other than maybe be a bit of a confusion sometimes on the part of the person who's routinely expected to vote at the same place they did last time and didn't bother to check, even though they were told ahead of time. Uh, did you have any kind of incidents that created more than just a inconvenience to people? No, we didn't, and, and we we have to track that now. So one thing we did too, this time around, we we really outreach, really worked at it. So bilingual poll workers, by law, Malden, uh, because they fit the criteria, we, we're federal law. We have to have the ballots in Chi in, in Chinese and. Uh, you, you, you're, supposed, you're supposed to have one bilingual poll worker per uh, precinct. So we, we've never, you know, we wouldn't have 27, although I, on the good part is we're certainly working our way to that. Uh, this past uh, election we had 17. So that, that cuts off a lot of the issues at the, at the polling location. If you have a language barrier, and people don't understand it's confusing. It holds up the line if there's a line. So we're doing that a lot better. And I think we were probably heading, we probably, since the election, we've probably added about four or five more bilingual translator poll workers. So we've really come a long way with that. But incidents of someone, Disrupting. election denier or that yeah. sort of thing, we didn't see that. That doesn't mean to say that it couldn't happen in November. That's why the detail comes in as well. Um, you know, obviously we would never. I read the article you left on my desk about the uh, poll worker. Oh yes. What the, I did read that article. We we haven't seen any of that. Uh, not to say that it couldn't happen, but that's why the offices are at the location as well. Yeah, I gave a caveat earlier in the, before Greg spoke because I'd seen an article. It was in the Boston Globe and. Uh, it relative to uh, somebody that, uh, and, it's, and by the way, in other states, they've had a wholesale exodus of uh, of people working the polls, particularly in state like Georgia, where there's, uh, the, the election gets gets very heated and there's uh, a lot of questions about how fair it is. But uh, there was an article in the Globe that I passed on to him for his edification was about the difficulty today about sometimes dealing with people at polling places. They have. Uh, they come in with a chip in their shoulder, and there's an attitude that there's something wrong with the system. And it's been, now they they convince themselves when they stand in line that for whatever reason there's something going wrong because they got affected by their own lack of knowledge of what they're supposed to be, where they're supposed to vote, or what they. And this article referred to someone that wanted to change a ballot after they had already voted, which you can't do. Well, we ran that into the primary because uh, Palfrey uh, ended up. Uh, dropping out of the AG's race, and at the time, with the mail mail-in ballots had already gone out, yeah. and and people had returned them, and yeah. some people had voted for Palfrey, yeah. 
Yeah. And they wanted to, you know, could they get their ballot back, which of course they can't. Right. Yeah. Well, it happened in Boston as well, with it, and that's a, 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 a Suffolk County. The the the, the, the age of position. There was someone dropped out before the and the votes significant number of votes may have had a difference in the final outcome if the if the uh, if there had been the system in place or the or the ballots could be replaced, which obviously they can't. You, mm-hmm. It's bad enough trying to keep track of what's actually been done right. Never mind looking for problems more than the, the the people that voted early. But so fortunately, we haven't seen that. That's not to say it can't happen. Um, it's definitely you read some really horror stories around the country, but yeah, right. Massachusetts. Uh, you know, I shouldn't say Massachusetts, but more than we haven't seen that. Yeah. The um, uh, one element that's been uh, uh, different this year uh, in September, and I'm sure it's going to show up again in November, the early voting. Now, what's the deadline for that? So the early voting, we just, again, we just got that passed with the city council last Tuesday. Uh, so we're going to start October 22nd and go through November uh, f- uh, 3rd. Not so. We're going to start November, October twenty second is uh, Saturday, so it'll be the twenty second, twenty third, from from uh, t- from ten to two. That'd be Saturday and Sunday in room one hundred five down on the bottom floor of the city hall, which is what we use for the early voting in September. Then Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the next two weeks will be open. From we're going to do it in the clerk's office, though. So, so all the voting during the week will be up at, in our office on the second floor, and they'll be during the business hours. So it'll be 8 to 5 on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and 8 to 7 on Tuesday. That will be two weeks, and then the two weekends would be only 10 to, 10 to 2 in room 105. The reason being during early voting in September, we were open six, six voting early voting days, and we got a total of 243 people uh, take advantage of the early voting. So in my mind is that it's an expense. You know, the elections cost money. Big number. Big, big number. And you, you have four poll workers sitting down there for, you know, for the days that you're open. And it, you add it up. And, you know, this time around there's 12 days. So for the, for the amount of traffic, it just it didn't justify the expense. So we certainly can handle it up in the clerk's office during the week. And then the weekend, we're the ones that man the um, the polls. There's the Register of Voters who are very helpful with this. Myself, Carolyn Desiderio, Diane Fajardo. Of course, we dust off Karen Anderson for these things. So there's no no cost to the city. And we, we'll actually do the uh, early voting on the weekends. The uh, and what was the percentage of people who voted in the primary? Uh, it was it was 18 percent. Six six percent came from the mail-in ballots. So actually, 12 percent went to the polls. Which is a relatively low number. It is a low number. It's a primary. There wasn't much. By the time the the governor's race had just had been decided because the person had dropped out. So, I mean, you know how it works. You you go start going top down to what the what the races are, and there wasn't there wasn't a lot to vote for anyways. And then the Republican side, because you have to choose a ballot, a Republican ballot, or a, if you're in, if you're not enrolled, a Democrat ballot. They literally had very few races. They, I mean, the governor's race. Was was the most uh, watched one, but other than that, they had a whole, whole slew of candidates that run out of polls. And some some offices they didn't have any candidates. You mean not 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 on our ballot? On on the lower end, so they yeah, so they on on their ballot. Yes. Yeah. 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 The, 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 that was a surprise that I saw too. Like you said, the, the, the statewide offices, which is a four-year terms, the Republicans didn't even put a candidate on the ballot, yeah. which is a, this must be a first, I think. I, I, I don't remember it. Uh, yeah. But you, you can even see that in the governor's race this time around. Uh, Healy's running all the ads. The deal hasn't even run an ad that I've seen because mm-hmm. he has no money. And the, the Republican um, National Party who doles out money to different States for candidates—they're not spending any money in Massachusetts. Just figuring it's a done deal. I, in fact, um, I was talking to someone who um, is a person that would be be a Republican, and um, didn't have to be from all of them. But that's not the point. The point of the story was I had thought when I looked at the names and the backgrounds of the people that the Republicans' choices in the primary, the one who didn't get nominated, was a better potential prospective winner than the dial who who was nominated because uh he he was a businessman which in some ways uh 
that's the kind of thing that Baker must have used when he first ran because he had a, 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 a quite a, an impressive career in health care field, which is a, directly or indirectly is a very big part of government process now. And I would have thought that it was his name Egan. I think I forget the Republican's name, but anyway, I thought he was a more potential candidate than than Dial. And it turns out he he, he came close. But and this person I spoke to wasn't wasn't interested in him at all. That the uh, he, well, he's he's kind of to the left. <laughs> the left of what? <laughs> left of deal, but that's not hard. But he he he. he uh, but those are the type of we have a long history of. Look, we're a democratic state. We know that. But we have a long history of electing moderate Republican governors, and actually it's a chance for the Republican Party to stay a little bit alive. And the person you're talking about would be more, certainly, in my opinion, yeah. the same as yours, certainly more electable than the current uh, person that's running in November. Yeah, and, and the couple with the fact, even though the, 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 he has some support in the state because of his, his philosophy, which may not be in the majority, Apparently they're not writing checks because, like you say, the campaign's been a quiet campaign. It's mm. almost uh, as ineffective as a third-party candidate who runs on one issue. And, and uh, like you said, no ads and, and no interest. And that that in some ways uh, probably will keep the vote down in, in November. It will, yeah, it yeah. should. Yeah. The, uh, um, th- there were some interesting re- results even in the Democratic side. Some people I thought would would do better than they did do. There was there was some, some winners and losers that I didn't expect to, if I were picking them ahead of time. So there's always some surprises in every election. Uh, uh, although uh, what's, what's probably kind of interesting uh, with the with the election of a Democratic slate at the, in, in, at the at the governor's level, you'll have a a, a woman who's the governor and, a, and another woman who's the lieutenant governor. The, the, who is gonna, it's going to be females in all the elected elected offices, I believe. Oh, that's right. Goldberg is running for re-election. You, you have Goldberg. You have uh, the auditor's female. You have the uh, lieutenant governor's female. You right. have the governor's female, attorney general's female. Wow. Well, men find out that they're second-class citizens. Probably not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely not. If you were... <laughs> If you go by the results of the primary, that was the people have spoken. But uh, <laughs> early voting, so you got the people get a chance to do that. It used to be limited on on absentee ballots to uh, out of the area or illness, but is it, it it's broader now, right? It, it's all mail in ballots now. It's the same thing with absentee ballot, but there's no excuse voting. Yeah. So in the primary, we mailed out. There was um, the state, the state when it's a state or federal presidential election they'll they'll mail out the applications people still have to apply for the ballots so in september we mailed out 4400 requests and from that's us. expensive that's stamps it's all, and it's all on the state though yeah. it's no cost of the city so yeah. um and then we we only got a return of about a little over 2100 so less than 50 percent which i thought was strange because if you think would think people requested the ballot it at least you know mail it back in, but statewide that's about the number. So that was that was interesting. So anyone that asked for a ballot in September, the, most people check off both September and November. Those people are automatically going to get a ballot in November. The state actually sent out applications for anyone that hadn't requested in November. They sent out applications again. Oh, so to to those that didn't request the November ballot, so. We just got our ballots delivered today, uh, so we'll be sent, We'll be processing that. So the next week, the initial—I uh, figure you're probably going to send out twice as many as you did in, in the primary. But you know, we'll start working on getting those ballots out for people, and then we'll, we have the two drop-off boxes in front of City Hall and the police station, or you can mail it the old-fashioned way. Mail it. Uh, what they changed—it's uh, different in November than it was September. If you mail it. We can accept it till November 12th, as long as the postmark is November 8th. In the primary, we had to get it by the mail that day. Oh, you did? We did in the primary. They changed it for November. It would normally be the 11th, but the 11th is Veterans Day. So it, it would go to that 12th. That, yeah. uh, One thing I forgot to ask earlier was the, um, in terms of the, the added precincts, were there, were there many situations where um, people went to the wrong precinct? We had people, and it wasn't as many as you think. We, I, I figured we were going to get it. No, no matter how much outreach you do, no how much you put on the website. I mean, we talked about it for a year. It was in the papers. You know, there was enough time. Certainly people, you'd think they'd hear something somewhere. But 
like anything, I, I, I received a couple emails in the end saying that you moved the precinct, you know, without telling me. But, we, <laughs> you know, we put it in the uh, the census street listings when we mailed them out. So, I mean, we, we did. You did outreach, but when you talk, you know, this many people you have to notify, there's always going to be some that say, hey, you didn't notify me. And then I had some, you know, we got, I got a um, an email from a person. She always voted in 89 Pearl. She had a vote for the Irish American. So we didn't change her award, but she was on the street where it's like anything. When you do the redistricting, it goes by boundaries and blocks. So this side of the street ended up voting the IA, and this street went to still went to 89 Pearl, but she's on the wrong side of the street. And um, so you, you had some situations like that, but it's like anything when you when you made the changes we made to some people that are going to see a change. Hopefully after a couple elections, they'll get used to how they're doing it, and uh, there'll be no issues in the future. For the people who may be interested in voting, but uh, uh, what's the cutoff date for this year? To register to vote is, uh, I mean, that's why I brought a calendar. There's so many dates we have to remember now. Uh, it's uh, October 29th. You have to be registered by October 29th. So one of the things we went in, so, so I, we, we went out to um, the Heritage uh, last Thursday. We went out this morning. We went out to the Senior Center. Today, uh, this afternoon, when, before I came here, we were at 89 Pearl. We were registered. We probably registered a half a dozen or eight people, which is that's the reason why you do it. But it's the 29th of October. You have to be registered by um, – they actually changes because that falls on a Saturday. So they used to have it 8 o'clock. So we'd have to have someone sitting in City Hall lobby. No one ever comes. But by the state law, you have to do it. They at least change that to 5 o'clock. So. And we'll be at early voting anyway. So it's just a few more hours that someone will have to stay behind. And how about if someone uh, uh, was living at one, one address January 1st and then moved within the city since then? So you have six months. So on a city election, you have to, wherever you live on the election day, you have to live in the. You have to vote in that precinct. So it isn't like you could move from Daniel Street to Huntley Street, uh, you know, a week before the election in the city and go vote on Daniels. You're not supposed to, anyways. On the state and the federal, they give you a little bit more leeway. You have six months. If you don't change your address within six months, you can still vote in the prior location. Right, and and uh, and actually, um, the record you would have would be the prior address unless the people notified you that they they moved. Correct. So there are people that would maybe because they forgot they didn't know the difference, so they would they would go back to where the they would go back to where they and, and their name would appear on the ballot. They probably would vote. Yeah, they they would go. They'd still be on the listing because they haven't notified anybody. Right, right. Do, do they still go to the high school when the kids are uh, uh, at 17 and over? The, yeah, they do. So is that, is that, does that work out effectively? Um, you get some. The, 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 the interesting part would be if you track it. But So you mentioned the high school. So today uh, there's a teacher at the high school that, that called me a couple weeks ago that she, she would like to do a mock, mock election. So they're doing it today. So they're doing it today. Uh, through Thursday, we actually copied. I dropped off at the high school Friday a thousand ballots, which is the actual names of the people. Yeah, it's the actual oh. ballot which I have with me today. But the thing is, with this year's ballot, because of the four questions, it's two pages. So we really tied up the printer in the office on on Thursday, just so we could drop off the thousand ballots for her uh, Friday, just so they could situate. We dropped off um, voting booths. So they can, you know, go go, go in the uh, get the feel of an election. Uh, we originally were going to do the the uh, bring actually give them a, ba- a a a machine and run through actual ballots, but we could we, we just got the ballots today, so we couldn't chance it. So they ended up uh, we ended up copying. We gave her a thousand. I'll touch base with her. She, she seemed to think she needs fifteen hundred. I I think that's a lot, but I don't want to be copying things and they're not going to get to use, but. During during class, Dr. Nicola copy, you see how many she'll well, have. I I think of it more of the the wear and tear on the machine. I mean, yeah. because it, the 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 ballots, uh, this this ballot this time around, it's also longer. You know, just because of what's on it. So this is it. This is this is the ballot. So it's two pages. So people have to understand that when 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 you get when you go to the polls, you're gonna have two pages of um, two pages of the ballot. It's longer than usual. And then, because you have the questions on both sides, so uh, 
you know, it won't be like the primary where it's one ballot. So I'm sure, you know, my guess is on some of that questions on the back, people probably won't answer them. There used to be an old adage that when in doubt, vote no. Yeah, I can't get into that stuff. <laughs> I got to stay neutral. Uh, an ID, is it, uh, is it possible that uh, it could happen, I suppose, someone is a clerk or a, a person in the, for the city and someone comes and wants to vote and they, for some reason, could question them and they have to produce an ID? Yeah, that usually wouldn't happen. So, so we don't require IDs. If, if someone... When someone registers the vote, if someone came up to my office today and they were just registering to vote, we need an ID in the beginning, you know, the first time out. Yeah. Uh, the only time we, we, we ask for identification is if they were an inactive, inactive voter. And that doesn't have to be a photo ID. That could be an electric bill. That could be uh, something else, yeah. just proof of uh, those would be the people that, you know, you'd, you'd, they just haven't filed anything. They haven't voted. They haven't filled back the street census. So it's a, it's a way of keeping track of the active and inactive people. Sometimes people get put off by that, but our <laughs> my thing to them is fill out the street listing, or sign a nomination paper, or vote. Or, right. You know, so you've been you've been missing for a year. Yeah. We're just trying to figure figure yeah. out where you are. Well, uh, how do you define someone as uh, uh, an inactive voter? That they don't they don't they, it, it, so they wouldn't the street listing that goes out every year. Yeah. They don't answer it. They don't send it back to us. They don't vote in an election. They don't sign. Like if you sign to someone nomination paper, something like that, you get act. So at least you're active. It's just someone that hasn't done anything for a year. Yeah. And, you know, you get a city like Marlin where it's such a, you know, transient, uh, people coming in, people getting out. It's just a way of keeping track of, um, you know, who, who's in the city. Yeah, someone mentioned to me the other day, one of the states, um, how restrictive it is about uh, ID identifications required when voting, and uh, apparently in that particular state, uh, it was that you had to have one on your person when you went to the voting precinct, not an inactive person, but everybody that goes there, and that uh, in that particular state, when you're when you're in housing, public housing, you were given a, an identification card, which is similar to what would you get at the registry for a, for a driver's license, and yet that particular ID they don't accept. Hmm. In that particular state, it was just, a, and the point they were made, I think it was, I think, in fact, is I think it was Georgia now that I, as I recall the conversation, and the point was that here you want to encourage people to vote and you want them to participate, and it almost appears in some instances by making it is, uh, difficult or discouraging that the very people who are going to benefit the most by whom they get selected don't go or they, they, they get intimidated, and that's the end of their efforts. And we're, we're seeing changes uh, countrywide with this stuff. It's some, uh, it's, 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 we're not in a good place with it. Um, some states are passing laws like that. And as you said, we're, we're trying to get people engaged, the people that want to go out and vote. And, you know, these states that are making restrictive voting laws and how to register and the day of and you have to show IDs and it's just it's just not a good approach. Yeah. One at one time years ago, it, uh, uh, it used to be a, a way of tracking, uh, projecting um, a voting total. You mentioned the the low percentage that turned out for the primary, and uh, the, the, the obvious reasons, if you had thought about it, are always number one is the lack of the lack of interest because there was a lack of choices in a lot of cases, and regardless of what party you're affiliated with, but that uh, uh, you could kind of get a, an idea of what the uh, ultimate percentage might be or a general area of the percentage by the numbers of absentees that were re uh, replied for because they were at that time you had to be either in a uh, inconvenience by, by medical reasons or you're out of the area not able to vote but now with the with the broader terms of, of voting by uh by mail and so forth that, that wouldn't hold any you don't have it because most people vote by mail so right. you, you wouldn't it, it, unless you use a barometer going forward, keeping track of what you sent out for mail-in ballots and percentages in the in the primary and the election. Maybe down the road, if they keep mail-in ballots, which I, I I think they will, uh, you can get you can start trying to um, guess of what you think for a turnout. Yeah. The um, anyway, and the weather's an element, obviously. Well, there's a, but that's why I I promote the mail-in ballots. I, I I really do. I think it's a it's a really good way of voting. Your vote gets counted. Your vote secure. I mean, it's it's just it's just you can vote. There's so so many ways of voting now. I mean, you know, I mentioned um, 
you know, 12 days of early voting. You have mail-in ballots. You know, sometimes I want to just, you know, given the um, the turnout in early voting for the primary, do you really need both? Because it almost seems repetitious. I mean, we were open to six days, and to get that few people come by. It's expensive. Yeah, and it's, there's, a, there's, a, yeah, there's, a, there's an expense. So I'm just, you know, in my mind, just the logistics of an election, is, does one offset the other? And to me, mail-in ballots, you apply for it. You have to send in the application. We'll get you the ballot. You don't want to take it to the post office, no problem. We'll give you other ways to get it back to us. And then come time election day, you don't have to worry about voting. If something comes up, you have an emergency, and you just can't make it. A snowstorm. <laughs> Anything can happen. Yeah. When you say other than mailing it, there's other ways they can get the ballot to the city? Well, the drop-off boxes. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned the length of the ballot this year. Mm-hmm. And you also talked about the questions. There's, there's some, and that's not unusual. There's some additional, in, cho- in addition to choosing someone for an office, you're going to make it maybe make a decision on the, what are those questions this year? So the first question is the millionaire's tax. I'm sure people have seen if you watch TV, uh, that that seems to be the one that gets the most uh, attention with the advertisement. Anything anybody that makes over a million dollars, they're going to be an additional four percent tax. Is it four percent or one percent? Four percent. Oh, I didn't realize it was that much. Yeah, and so I'll they have to did, check with my account. So I mean, it it, it makes it difficult in 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 um, something like that. It, it's almost like it's a marketing of of the question. So both sides seem to make sense, but who's lying and who's telling the truth? So people really have to kind of make up their own minds what they want to do. Uh, and number two is a, a question on dental insurance, which I'm not even sure why it's on there. <laughs> And what is it about? Uh, some the, the uh, apparently the uh, dental companies they they uh, they sp- only spend eighty three percent of uh, the the pr- premiums on uh, dental work, and the other money goes to uh, CEOs' salaries and bonuses and that sort of thing. So I, I get, they're trying to say it's when they have to spend more on on the actual dental work and less on the administrative costs. Which insurance. would mean that you 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 get it cheaper. Yeah, but it's just you know, and again, you you get there's starting to be an uptick in ads on that. You know, they both sound like they're right. I mean, who's right and who's wrong? I mean, so it's just you know, sometimes I think I to me, you know, things get on the ballot. You just wonder, you know, what they're doing there because it, it's people, people they want to vote for the people running for office. Then you get to these questions. It's a two-page ballot. I think by the time they get to question four, which is also a, a, a one that has got some interest, um, there, there'll be a lot of blanks. The question three is about liquor licenses. You know, again, to me, well, most people, that's not an issue I think that's burning to them. And I, I, don't th- I think there'll be a lack of interest in even trying to find out what it is. Uh, and number four is the uh, licenses for immigrants. Well, that one um, didn't, didn't the state pass a lot of. They did. This is to overturn it, or to tell okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they. Are. Well, that 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 is uh, um, that's an emotional issue. It is. And uh, in some ways, um, the rationale could be that if someone were here, even if they were here illegally, that by virtue of having to have a license. That means that there's a likelihood that they might have insurance, whereas if you don't have a license and you don't have a listed d- driver who is uh, 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 is actually licensed in Massachusetts, you can't get insurance. So mm-hmm. someone could, and there are there are c- cases that you, you hear on the TV and then on the radio where people have an accident and are arrested because they were driving uninsured. Sometimes there's an injury involved, and maybe by having requiring insurance even on that other part of the facet that, that even they know that they're not supposed to be here but they're here um it gets a little complicated because it's almost like you're allowing people who shouldn't be here in the first place to give them the rights that they don't deserve to have because they shouldn't be here in anyway hmm. but on the other hand there was practical reason why maybe you should broaden the the uh the outlook, but uh, yeah, so that that would be the reason why it was on there. But the state legislature passed it. There was such a there's another side to that that didn't see it that way. They got enough signatures. They get it on the ballot. And now that what they're trying to do is trying to uh, to overturn what the state legislature did. And and the thing is, if I can just say, it's not someone someone that's an immigrant. It isn't like they just appear and get a license. They have to show a passport and uh, you, uh, you know some some history here. It's not like they can just walk in and you know get a license without 
pa- some something saying why they're here. Well, if it if it passed, other than uh, what would they need to do to get a license? Other than prove it with a with a gas bill or a light bill or a payroll a check. Or, no, that uh, wouldn't so. be the light the, the the license part. No, that's for the inactive voters that electric bill and stuff. They they need a passport number one. So they they, but if you don't have a if you're here legally, you don't have a passport. Well, then you're not getting a license, from what I understand. Even if the question gets defeated, if it gets defeated, it's, it's a moot point. It's a moot moot point because the question would be to. I'm trying to think because sometimes these questions, it, when sometimes you think the you yes vote is a yes, no. yes <laughs> is a no, which is sometimes that's how they're worded. Yeah, yeah. Well, as of now, if the if the law was in place that the, the, the legislature passed, that would mean that someone could, even though they were here illegally, they could get a um, a license by taking a driver's test and also by proving they lived at a certain address. But it wouldn't prove that they were they were a citizen. Well, I think or if you, illegal or illegal I, immigrant. Well, I think you you, you so, so you'd have to read through the question. So right. you know, so I mean, the, the thing is that from what I understand, you have to you have to show a passport. I'd have to read that closer. Uh, you'd have to show a passport to have a license to get a license. But the current law says that if you're illegal, you can have a license in Massachusetts. Well, they would, that's what the law was intended to do. That was the law was intended to do. Yeah. Well, that would um, that would certainly not require if the law stays in place. Um, that would certainly not mean that you'd have a passport because those people coming across the border oftentimes that they come with the clothes on their back and that's about it. Yes. But the thing to keep in mind, if if, if they took thousands of signatures to get this on the ballot in the first place, so there's a lot of people in this that and, and presumably were people who tended to vote that would sign that petition. So there's a lot of uh, at least quiet opposition to the law that was passed by the legislature. So in all likelihood, this is not this is going to this battle question is going to be approved, which will prevent. So so if you ask Rep. Baltrino, who I talk to all the time, as you know, when that law was passed, he got he he received quite a number of emails on it when it was he, passed. When it was passed in yeah. opposition to uh, the in vote. opposition, and yeah. some of the emails weren't that. Pleasant, it, right? It was, and that's Massachusetts, that's not Massachusetts. Mississippi or uh, right. Texas. Yeah, right. yeah. So, uh, I gather that uh, in all likelihood, this question would uh, be interesting. To be see passed. Where it goes. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. Meaning they they're not going to allow immigrants uh, unless they're not allow immigrants to vote, to drive. I don't know. I think it's going to be close. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we'll check back on it. And how about the first question? You think that's going to be close? No, I think it passes. It passes. So it's always easy to get the money from those. Have get, it. get it from someone else. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's even better. I mean, it's any time. It's like any time they have a ballot question. Although sometimes the state doesn't f- follow. The time they did try to reduce the, was it a sales tax or payroll tax? They reduced it back to five percent. And although it was gradual, passed, gradually. But, but although it was passed at the ballot box, I don't think the state ever implemented implemented it, right? Well, that's a good question because uh, I mentioned in my last show that uh, there was some good news out to the people and it's um, that last year the state had such a huge surplus that uh, unbeknownst to the state reps and the state senators themselves, there was a quirky law passed about 40 years ago that said if the the surplus in a given year was greater than a certain relation to the total budget or whatever the guidelines that they use, that excess money would be returned to the people. And um, what happened was when they did it the first and only time that I guess that this happened, they did it as a credit on your next uh, tax uh, filing. But in this instance here, uh, um, they were supposed to give it back to the people in the form of a check. And uh, so they calculated they expected the average return uh, refund would be about 7% of what you... Paid. So let's say, as an example, if you had a, a state tax bill uh, this past year of $5,000 state income tax, uh, they thought that you'd get 7% back. What, what you're going to get is 13%. So instead of getting $350, you're going to get $650. And um, so 
the point of the whole story was that the, the state had such a big refund uh, available because of all the surplus money, which they could have put in a rainy day fund or whatever. But I almost thought maybe what they should have done is make a permanent. Someone said to me, well, why don't they just cut the state income tax on a permanent basis? And my point was at that time was, well, the reason they wouldn't do that would be it's great to cut it this year, but if you had a, a difficult economic year the following year or two years down the road and you had a shortfall, you'd have to bump it up to mm. get, cover the budget. Mm. So you'd have to be voting for a tax increase. So this way here, whatever they do, they're going to do it it's a one-time thing. You know, and it could happen in the, again this year, but at least you know for certain that uh, it's going to happen from last year. But you had, a, you had to file a tax return in order to be eligible. There was no cap on the amount of your refund, unlike the federal uh, stimulus money. And uh, if you're married and file a joint return, you only get one refund. So, mm. so anyway, there were some some limitations and restrictions and some whatever. But uh, but the main thing was you, you had to be entitled to a refund in order to be eligible to get anything. So those people that are, are low income and don't pay taxes because they don't have enough income, they're not going to get anything. Mm. And, uh, mm. So those rich people, they'll get, uh, at least for this year, they'll get money to help them for the next year if this ballot question number one passes. And when the check's going out from those Oh, yeah, days? that's another thing. Good point. Um, the checks are supposed to go out in November. Ah. And uh, so the, the, one of the other rationales would be, well, gee, that'll, be, that'll help people for Christmas. Ah. But um, most times in those kind of situations is if you file electronically, uh, then you'd be among the first in line to get a check because it's already in the system, it's already on the computer. But if you do a manual uh, return, as, as uh, some people do, they don't they bypass having a third party do their taxes, or they're not computer literate, so they don't do it digitally on the on the on the uh, computer, and they just do it all on the old-fashioned way. Then they're gonna. I think be in the bottom of the pile, so they they probably. But it's coming though, right? It's going to get they're entitled to the money, and they're going to get it eventually. But I'm not sure they're going to get it as quick as the people that are uh, electronically uh, on record. So, mm. but mm. Uh, and the second question, the dental thing is, uh, um, it's kind of complicated. I think it's real complicated. Yeah. So the first time people probably see it is on the ballot. Yeah, and and uh, no nobody's pushing it. To, I don't see any commercials on it. The dental, the wrist, it started uh, to come. I don't see any for number three, the liquor licenses. Oh yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, and uh, the dental one probably will pass because anytime people think they're going to get something to help them pay for medical bills, then it's, or certainly they would seem they would be in favor of the. the uh, the liquor licenses, I could see some, some things that would be a disadvantage because if you allowed some group that would get as many as 18 liquor licenses uh, and and by buying in bulk and, and delivering to all those sites that, that they have either a license or control or own, it certainly would make it more difficult for the smaller liquor mm. establishments to be competitive. Mm. So, um, you know, there, there's a case of where it's maybe – in one way, a plus for the consumers, but for people that are currently in the in the own because liquor licenses have some value, and uh, it would seem to me they would have they would be, they're like medallions for cabs. They they're not as they're, they were worth a lot of money at one time, and once Uber came along, not anymore. all of a sudden, uh, in a lot of businesses, the the, uh, the cab companies either went out of business, consolidated, or they reduced the number of uh, light medallions that they had in place, and so. Uh, it used to be a very valuable commodity, and we're worth a lot of money, and uh, and they're not anymore. Mm. And uh, that would be also true with small businesses. So, I mean, those medallions. If you if you were in New York City or Boston, those places like taking a mortgage out on a house. To, they to did buy that, yeah, thing. yeah. And certainly, uh, like you said, in, in New York in particular, they, they uh, they're worth a very a six figure n- number. Mm. Yeah, and uh, so, but anyway. Uh, the, the difficulty of, of those ballots uh, is that sometimes people won't even look at the back, if so, and and to wade through and read it. Uh, it, it frankly, it would be they would be influenced maybe by those groups that are able to spend the money to put. It their, is so people remember they're not going uh, yeah. to read the question. They're going to read, oh yeah. yeah, no yes, no yes. You yeah. remember, you you know in your mind which questions you want right. to ask just because, like you said, you're not going to read uh, the, if you look at this ballot. Uh, you know, you're just not going to read these, these, all these, these, these yeah. questions. You know, it's just, it's just too much. 
too much. So. And, even, and actually, even <laughs> even if you read it, because there was, as we had mentioned earlier, sometimes those questions, the yes means no, and no, no means yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you could, like that one regarding the licenses, uh, you, you want to replace the state law, so if you vote yes, you're really, you're really changing an existing law that hasn't been implemented yet because they, they're trying to get the results of this first. So. Mm. So it, 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 that's that's another reason why people get confused, and certainly um, if you use Malden as an example, we um, you have a lot of people where English is a second language. So even though the, there's are the ballot questions in in the second it, language, we do it in two languages. Spanish, yeah, every, everything. No, 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 no. So we're just required by law, Chinese. Oh, Chinese. So everything we send out, whether it be my office, the ballots, anything, applications, yeah. it's Chinese and in, in, yeah. in um, Chinese, Chinese and in, uh, English. Yeah, but not but not Spanish. Oh God, no! How, how do you do? The, the ballot would be four pages. <laughs> but that may be coming. I mean, it's the five the five percent threshold is when 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 you get to that point. Walden certainly has a a, a big big Portuguese. Uh, That's Brazilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the polling places with all the additional sites that are required. Um, do you have a what you anticipate as a full complement that you're able to get enough people in addition to what you used to have in order to mend the the, the polling well, places? The poll the poll work the poll poll workers are funny. It's every time you think you're there, you, you the last week you're going to get you know a half a dozen ten people either call in sick, not show the day of, so you never get to the point where you feel comfortable. The only thing what what it greatly helps is the state starting when 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 they had COVID rules. The two people that you had checkout, you really don't need them, so they don't require you to have them anymore. So that's 54 less people we would normally have to get that we don't. So that that's very helpful that we don't need to. You're not required to have those two check in checkout people yeah. on the polling location because it certainly saves a lot on the bodies. Yeah. Do you have Spanish make Spanish speaking people there as well? Yeah, so so my office uh, we we have people if there's any um, we uh, my office we have. Uh, six different languages in it, and uh, with that honor, say who's in, in in my office on election day. We cover Chinese as well. So, any if there's a problem at the uh, polling locations, if there's a language barrier, they just call call our office, and we're we're able to yeah. to handle that. And the, for the primary, we actually had a, um, a, 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 a a translation service that was in my office from seven in the morning to eight. At night, in case anybody had a problem, is is that the electronic system where you speak into a? No, no, we have real people, but oh. but we also at every polling location we have that pocket talk, talking yeah. park, pocket talk, which you you speak into it and it can translate. But you know the idea is we're hoping to get as many human human beings as possible yeah, yeah. because it's a lot better than a yeah. uh, some type of machine. And the reason I asked that, I, I said maybe there are people that are going to be hearing this program either as as the Wednesday or it's going to run as well Saturday and Sunday or maybe it's going to run another week before the election, that there may be people who live in the community who, who hadn't thought about it and they didn't know the system and the procedure. But whether they're bilingual or not, they might be interested in working for the city on election day. In which case, what would be the process for them to be considered? They can either get an application online or just come up and see us from two twenty at the uh, at the city clerk's office. Uh, th there is some paperwork you need to be fill out for HR, but I can tell you that we've increased the um, inspector. Poll work at one hundred eighty-five dollars. Is that how much it is now? One hundred eighty-five. We That's did, and not even the boss. The boss gets yeah, more. Yeah, the boss, the warden gets two fifty. Wow. But you have to go, and then the uh, the the clerks get two twenty. Yeah. So we had two increases. Uh, the mayor was good enough. Went to them, you know, just with surrounding communities. So one last year we increased it, and then realized maybe we didn't increase it enough. So, but even when you increase it, there's problems with po you know getting poll workers. So to me, it isn't just about the money. You know, people see it as a long day, and you have to get people that's interested. But anyone can anyone can apply to be a poll worker. Like I say, online cityofmarlin.org. Just go into the voting section, and the and the the applications are right there. Or come up and see us. Yeah, anybody listening, if they think they might be interested, you have to remember the po the polls open at seven o'clock in the morning. They close at eight o'clock at night. They do. That's thirteen hours. You do get a break for lunch, and you do get, get two breaks. You get the two breaks, and uh, and sometimes there is downtime. It certainly wouldn't. It's going to be more busy than it would in, in November than it is in this, in the September. And 
and the weather's an element, but it's and you have to get there before seven because they they have to be there before the voters, and there is a little uh, time you have to wait afterwards after the polls close, and, and but it's a lot easier now than because it's like the the, uh, the ballots are counted electronically, unlike the old days where you used to have to count them manually, and you'd be there sometimes late into the into the night and when in some elections, so. For someone that lives locally as a civic duty and also as a, an interesting day you uh, you meet people and you interact with people but also you you have a, a chance to uh, do something that's uh, good for you and and certainly good for the community so and and if you bilingual that's even a more uh, legitimate reason why you you, you, mo- you can be even more helpful if you were interested in doing it and you can contact the city clerk's office the Better known as the um, statistical research. Yeah, well, it gives the name change already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking when you were talking to the elderly gentleman about uh, what party that you. It, the only way I think you could kind of slip out of that one is say, "Well, I'm not a communist." So yeah. Oh, well, geez, no, I would never have said that to him. <laughs> I couldn't understand what he was saying, but I know it wasn't kind to the Communist Party, which <laughs> obviously he went through some tough, tough times in yeah, China. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about for, that I've overlooked in asking about the election or about the but by the way, maybe to enlighten the public and and, uh, and take more serious the definition of what the job is other than elections, what else does the department well, we do? We do this we do a ton of stuff. Like what? Uh, you you always ask me that. So but elections is only one part of it. And so we we do every sing, every vital record in the uh, in the um, the city birth records, marriages, uh, Death certificates. Uh, we do uh, licenses. We we do the city council, which in itself is when they're in session, that can be time consuming. Like tonight, I have the council. I need to, although it's only a committee of the whole night, just committees. But I have the ordinance committee at five thirty. That's one of the committees I do myself. So that that will be a, you know probably for an hour and a half. Um, we just uh, we 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 just it's it's a busy office. There's a lot of public interact. Next to the treasurer's office, we probably have the most public interaction. Not most, not probably we do. So we uh, we stay quite busy. Yeah. Um, speaking of the uh, <laughs> of council, I have an article here that I saved, and uh, it, it maybe in its own way. Uh, spells out reasons why people can get disillusioned with government. And what it has to do is, um, for those that aren't aware of it, uh, the new mayor of Boston had proposed this increase in the salary of the uh, the mayor's office and also the department heads within the city of Boston and as well as the city councilors in Boston. And uh, the, the, the one way that it works in, in a city like Boston on the uh, the effect of the of the change doesn't take place until after the next election. So, in that way, there, if the mayor didn't run for re-election or the mayor didn't win, they wouldn't get the benefit of the increase. But it, it, so it, 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 that does at least put it off till a, till a later date. But uh, the thing that got, it was of interest was that there's a new city councilor in the city of Boston, and um, their last name is uh, Fernandez Anderson, and. Uh, so the thing was that they, uh, in getting elected this past November, ended up hiring their sister, and then the, when the sister left, they, they left, they hired their son. Now there's a word they use in politics sometimes when you benefit a family member by virtue of your position is nepotism, and it's just it's hard to fathom in this day and age how someone in government could hire a family member, where it's against the law literally. And it, it it happened in Boston. And by the way, they they also got the raise, and they were making one hundred three thousand before that vote. So, it's a pretty it's a pretty lucrative position to be elected to the city of Boston. Where maybe, in fairness to the city councilors of Malden, they're lower paid than surrounding communities. They're a lot lower. And uh, that's something that should be looked at. But until the mayor raises his salary, it's a little hard for the councilors to get a raise. But anyway, on that note. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed the program. And if you have any of the questions that I asked that you didn't quite understand or we wanted more clarification, the statistical department of the city's clerk's <laughs> office will be glad to help you. I have to you. change my business card. <laughs>